welcome to That Was The News That Was Dateline, uh, 16th of February. Should know that I get my pension tomorrow. Well, as you know, I record this on Thursdays. But what an interesting week. I don't usually watch it, but I decided to watch Laura Kunzberg's show. Uh, my friend Neil, we were chatting in the morning about the important things in life. Football. And he had to mention Michael Gove would be on there. And I thought, might be interesting. I'd never seen the programme before. And I know I can't do long, in-depth things. But she does what I call Soup Song uh, interviews. She had Ralph Fiennes talking about theatre. which was quite interesting, I found. But of course, I tuned in for one person, Michael Gove. And the first question she asked was, did he guarantee that by the next election, Section 21 evictions, evictions would be eradicated? And I went, I swallowed my, co- my coffee for a minute. If I hold on a minute, because I have had that slight worries recently about my memory. Oh, I'm doing little stupid mistakes, which some people say anybody can make. I don't like making mistakes. And I remember last October, Michael Gove stood up and said, we're taking Section 21 out of the Rent Reform Act. As now we must make sure courts have to change first. Actually, it was in the interview with Matt Downey. I spoke, we spoke about it. I remember it now. And my thing is, that they don't want to ever get rid of Section 21. Because... It takes the power out of that landlord's hands. Section 21, to remind you all, is law which says the landlord can issue an eviction notice. The tenant would then have two months to comply. But the main thing is they don't have to give a reason. Now, I spoke about this at Earlier on, I'll repeat what I found out, because somebody I know, their daughter used to work for a estate agent, and says sometimes that's the estate agent telling the landlord to issue it and get more money. Definitely sure when I was in um, Surrey Keys, that was the case. I was quite lucky. I liked the place. I, I will admit, I still go back there even now. But it's why I call the atomic bomb of the evictions. There's no defence against it. Unless something in the documentation that's issued is wrong. There is a case where they actually put down the date of the tenancy arriving on the place was wrong. Thrown out. Didn't mean it was stopped. It was probably issued again later. There's not many ways. I personally, I went to court about it. I could not afford it. I was a well, I'm not rich now. I was, um, you know, didn't have much money, so it was me. And that scared the hell out of me. I remember I got there, waited, saw the judge, and who didn't turn up? The, the sisters for the landlord. So I was there, it's a done deal. Oh, he says, I'll come and delay it a month. 
He did. And I ended up out. Very bad news, isn't it? Because that's what it is. Now, a long time, there's some laws I love eradicated. You've heard me talk about uh, local connection, but this is another one. And in 2019, the Conservatives put in their, their manifesto they will be eradicating Section 21. Now, last year was the highest amount of Section 21 evictions. It's quite interesting, actually, thinking about it, um, which I want to talk about. Homelessness in general, at one stage, but I will, I'll mention this now. Derby um, announced their rough sleeping has gone up 85%. 85%. Take that on board. So, he said, he, he guaranteed it. Of course, courts guarantee it, remember. Sunak was saying that they'll be flying out to Rwanda by spring. Not happening yet, is it? Um, so it really has bugged me. You know, when you know you hear this thing, first of all, I thought it was my memory. Then I found it wasn't my memory. Yes, he had stated that. Nothing about putting it back into the act since then. And, you know, he said, but of course he always say, but the funny thing is, this is what I do not understand. The process when it goes through Parliament, usually, there's a first reading. Then it goes up to the House of Lords. They pass it back. It's tennis for those first three readings. Until it's all finalised. Now, according to what I've been reading, there's a checklist. A tick list. Good idea, isn't it? Have a tick list when you do something. We actually see... That the three readings in the house, well, I assume the re re three readings for the document that I saw, had been done. No, two readings have been done, and now it's they say it's stuck in the committee stage. But the unusual thing is, it hasn't gone to the House of Lords. Now, I went over it with somebody I know very well, uh, who is I'm one of my experts, and she went for it, and she was saying that. Uh, a 214 might be in the section 21 under another guise but nothing really clear and Tuesday, Wednesday morning I was up very early. I've been having bad nights recently um, so about 5am I was up at 2am on Wednesday for some reason for about 5 hours uh, I know meetings to go to so um, I emailed the Dulac's press office at 5am asking for a reply by 5pm today. And as you may remember, over the last three months I've sent them several emails and not got a reply. And guess what? No reply! What I have done, I've now complained, made a complaint. Um, I will get to the bottom of this mainly because I need information I can't remember this place is here the truth not here what you want I want you here <coughs> let's worry him 
is Section 21 back in the Act? Because I can't see it. I've been over it. And I'm, but I'm not an expert. It could be in the wordage. Um, the person I spoke to mentioned the Section 214 you found in page 129. But normally, I don't know. I don't write. I don't write bills, so it sounds stupid. But I will come back to this, ladies and gentlemen. I think it's an important issue. Because if we look at it, Session 21 leaves all the power in the landlord. You know, you have no choice. A lot of landlords are selling up. They're using that in excuse. Actually, one landlord said after, after the person who evicted, I needed the money. I understand that. A lot of people do these rentings. They're not doing it out of the goodness of their hearts. And I have been in a land that I was with another person I know um, staying in a place where the landlord was known to be a rogue landlord. That means the sort of service you've got was less than... I'll give you an example. This particular place I was staying at, it was six people in this place. We had two dustbins. Now... Um, I'm busy most day. I was still busy then doing all my volunteering. And I was getting sick of going to those dustbins to find them full. After two days sometimes. So I, I did the usual thing. I contacted the council. I made a request for another dustbin. I wish I'd asked for a recycled one as well, but I didn't. I was offered it. And we got those dustbins. Well, then we discovered something. One day, one of my neighbours who lived in the house went down to... And there's this woman piling rubbish in our bins. She lived across the road. And one of the other neighbours said, Why are you doing it? It's their bin. I said, No, it's a communal bin. Anybody can use it. God. How people take things. But going back to the main effort, Section 21, yes. We must look into it. Now going back to the other thing, which I mentioned earlier on. Homeless, as you remember, Ross, when he came on, mentioned that in London, which is about, I don't know, just under 200,000 homeless people, 6% of that, and it's probably more now, are rough sleepers. So imagine the people in Hostels, temporary accommodation, everything. We are talking fortunes. And over the last few months, when I said Derby as an example, quite a few towns have come up with the increase in rough sleeping. Now, I can assume, and I will make this assumption, <coughs> there is due to Section 21. A lot of land, look, what a problem. Because there's two types of evictions that I've discovered. I plan to do a little feature on this. There's Section 8 and Section 21. Section 8 takes six months. The landlord has to put a reason. The uh, tenant can go against it. But normally you're, you're talking about somebody who might not have a few bob. But a few more Bob than most of his tenants. Like if I was, I'm living in a social housing. I'm living in an old age complex. So really, I'm I, I 
the way it looks, I'm protected. But if I went to a private place, and I'm going to tell you now, the state of the places that are available in London are terrible. When I came out of the hospital, I was put into the temporary accommodation. I only went to see two places. Both of them would be dangerous to me. One was on the first floor. I can't do stairs. When I went to that room, well, it wasn't. It was. It looked like shithole. Honestly, it was shithole. The other one, I remember I got there, I walked past this place, and um, there were, I couldn't see numbers, there were no numbers on the doors, it was on the main highway opposite the train station, and there was these people, I said, excuse me, do you know where uh, 234 is? It's here. Oh, you're waiting for them? There were about five people, they get people, and I heard them talk about the viewings they'd been to that week. So it led him. Now the step into the house was about 12 inches off the ground, which would be. I have a terrible problem with mobility at the moment. I, I can manage stairs, but it's going to take me ages going up and down stairs, and my balance is not where it used to be. And it's supposed to be a ground floor. All of a sudden, as you're walking on the floor, there's more stairs to go up around, and then. How can I put it? It was a maneuverable problem, actually. I almost fell at one point. Something saved me, you know. And I got to this place. Yeah, the room was very nice. No windows. This is a ground floor, yeah. When I went out, I, I thought I'd think about it because I was desperate to get out where I was. But as I went out, I then forgot about that step. I almost killed myself. Now, I'm not blaming you. Know, people need places. There was somebody living there. I thought she came out of a room opposite the room I was offered. But there were about six people there. Surely, and there is a law for standards. I would have thought a window is necessary. Um, we need light. Both the size, but where I was living in South London, when I got there, no, only one person had actually moved in on the first floor. She had a nice size, she had probably the biggest room in the place. Well, I don't blame her. We were all offered a room on the first, on the ground floor, which I nicknamed the cupboard. And it was, it was small. And the person who was in there told me that when he moved in, they had a double bed there. He had no room to move around. Now, there is a size, I think it's 72 square feet, if my memory serves me correctly. As I told you, I remember loads of things, and that figure is an interesting one. This room was definitely less than 72 feet. Actually, where a couple of the other guys on the ground floor, I don't think it was 72 square feet. It, it might have been capacity-wise, but that room at the front, no. Landlords get away with everything. Another example, I will tell you about that particular landlord. At one point, they had a name, which we all did. We all signed the contract with this particular landlord. Yeah, great. 
Day after I moved in, I went out for the day. Uh, I do a lot, I still did even then, do a bit of volunteering. When I got back, the woman who was in that room I told you about came and said the Channel 4 was here today. And they came with a council who said she's going to get us out that my landlord was a rogue landlord. And there's quite a few. There's always been this element of rogue, of um, villainy among landlords. There was a time I remember there was one company who was quite famous, Loot, if you, anybody remembers that paper. They had pages from this thing, but you had to go in. And they charge you an exorbitant amount of money. And I'm talking, what, 50, 40 years ago. Because one of my friends did it, tried it. Uh, 40 quid or 50 pound a week for the length of the tenancy. So you want to say that's a lot of money. Sometimes cut a hundred maybe even, like, you know. Just to get on their list. That's without having a place. They call it a registration fee. I wouldn't be surprised there's still people who do that. But going back to the homeless factor, we are seeing loads of people homeless. I've, usually I see issues in papers about this place has been, we will not build on this place. So what are you going to do? Final thing. Well, no. Let's make it 3.4. It's about one thing. Today it was announced that last year, in the latter part of last year, we were back into recession. Now, some people are saying it wasn't a massive reception, recession, but it's still recession. How are people going to survive? Now, point four, because I, I want to talk about this one. You may remember there was a politician last year, <coughs> earlier this year, sorry, who resigned. He resigned because he said that the £120,000 of a year he gets as an MP, if he was a minister, was not enough to live on. And he'd have to get a job. They're not, ministers are not allowed to have these side jobs that other politicians. There are some people who are polit MPs and they get all these side jobs. Some of them was, was quoted half a million pounds extra on top of their, their salary. Now, I was watching something yesterday which broke down this 120 grand. After tax, end up with £6,000 a month. Oh, poor person. I, I, I understand. I have difficulty living on that sort of money myself. So we have £6,000 a month. He said he's his mortgage was two grand, so that means he left with four grand. Oh my god! I feel so sorry for the fellow. 
four and i was going to use the the f word but i don't like i don't use it very rarely but this one i will would four thousand pound how can you survive i mean like think all the things now remember one thing an mp has an expense account this expense account can go up to about two fifty thousand because remember the guy the place said their surgeries great word isn't it they don't operate they just have surgeries so they get their constituents come in as we know dotty doris was heard she never saw a constituent i don't think she knew what they were i mean that the idea i'd love to know what the prime minister does about his constituents funny enough so you have this surgery so you got star surgery travel if you're coming from outside london you'd have to rent a place it's no good just going oh yeah i'll have a hotel for a cut that costs well maybe they could afford it maybe it would be allowed but no it's logical get an apartment so your traveling would be once every so often then you get everything else <coughs> has a parliament actually have a subside canteen i'll say the word canteen they're called restaurants now this isn't a place where you can get your pie and mash i don't like pie and mash most of myself or say fish and chips or something cheap these are posh restaurants and sometimes those meals are paid for remember one thing those poor mps have to travel here they have to come to london i'm in london by the way and they have to do that so how are they going to survive well think of all the things they got to buy i don't know you know remember they've only got four grand left after that uh, two grand for the mortgage one sort of that particular person <sighs> funny thing let's go to a normal working person and the lowest is supposed to be about 1400 a month and they'll be getting less than that with their take home they've got to survive but these poor mps are only getting 120 grand or the basic actually the basic mp wage at the moment is 85 grand they're all talking next year and nobody's mentioned it of it going up to ninety-three thousand pounds and i'm sure all of you are now crying because how can you you know you survive very well on your salary you know whatever it is but very few of you one or two might be earning the equivalent but i'm sure you don't get all the perks an mp gets And yet today, we have two by-elections. Both, funny enough, Conservative Party by-elections. Uh, although, in one of the constituencies, two MPs, both Labour, have made anti-Semitic remarks. And if you may remember, when Richie came... Uh, when, um, Sir and Starmer, sorry, I get them confused, they look alike, don't they? He actually said he would eradicate the anti Semitism. 
Well, he hasn't. Ridiculous. Okay, that was the news that was. Next Monday, I have on, I have Mr. Errol McGlacken. I always forget his last name, McGlacken. I've known Errol for many years. I I'm not jealous of many people when it comes to performing. I think as a performer, I'm talking about stand-up and an actor. I was good. I think I was. What the director thought was other things, of course. But Errol, in 2019, won the Spoken Word Artist of the Year, and he is brilliant. I cannot write poetry. I have a block against it. He does it very well. At the moment, he's doing his um, one-man show. It's about two guys in prison. Errol has been in prison, so it's lived experience. He's not... But it's very good. I went to see it when he was, what they call, what we call in the business, running it in. Getting it to a working thing. He actually says he's cut some things out of it since then. So uh, we'll try and go and see it again. But listen to it. Listen out for his, his play. It'd be very good. So thank you very much. And have a nice weekend.